Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Um, you guys are grateful to be here today. I'm telling you, those words, they ring so true in my life. I know they ring so true in many of your lives that we're the only reason we're standing here is because he made a way. And that song couldn't be any more closely just connected to what God wants to minister today. It's a special word today. Y'all say special word. It's a special word simply because we're in between series. Next week, we start our Victory Lap series. Um, amen. It's going to be awesome. But in between, God had something very special he wanted to share with you today. He's just using me to say it, but it's from God. But he gave, he gave me this image. I shouldn't say image. More if he gave me this feeling. And... Quite simply, he, he just said these words and he showed me something, gave me a feeling of what would this world look like if quitting was no longer an option? And then he said this next thing to me. He says, there's too much unfinished business in the body of Christ. And he says, what would happen if quitting was no longer an option? for the body of Christ. What would this world look like if every vision he spoke, we stayed with it? If every word he deposited, if every purpose he gave, we just decided we could never give up on it. And then he said this to me, because I know, like many of you guys, I'm no different. There's many things that God has shared with me over, over my lifespan. <laughs> I haven't always finished all of them. I've always had a goal, a desire to finish every word he put into my heart. And most often I could see it the moment he said it and it was so big. But then somewhere in the midst of going towards it, it's like it no longer was important or it no longer had the same value, maybe because of what I saw, maybe because of what I experienced, maybe because of the pressure of achieving it. And so kind of left it where it was, unfinished. And then God said this to me, hold on to your seat that one of the biggest problems in the body of, the Christ, body of Christ, if we love to hide failure in new beginnings. We will claim a new beginning just to hide quitting on the last thing he told us. I know I wasn't expecting nobody to clap on that. But God doesn't hide failure in new beginnings. God finishes his business. Right. 
But then he told me this. You're not going to have to quit this time. You're not going to have to walk away this time. This time, you're going to finish. Oh, amen. And so the, the title of today's message is Crushing It. Crushing It. Because I believe we're going to move into a season of where our visions, our purpose, our identity isn't crushing us, but we're crushing it. Have God ever said something to you just was so big that it was like, God, is this for me? You know, it was too big not to try because there was lives connected to it. But from the moment you heard it, it was like, this is a big thing you've spoken to me. And sometimes... When he speaks, we can feel the pressure of what it means to walk out what he said. But let me tell you something. You should never feel crushed, but you should always be crushing what God called you to do. And I believe today God's going to share some things with you that will relieve some pressure. Because some of the pressure we feel from the vision he's given us, the purpose he's given us, the identity he's given us. Some of the pressure we feel isn't pressure he wants us to feel. Now, there's some godly pressure, but then there's some pressure that we create with with ourselves. And the goal today is to eliminate any of the pressure we could be producing of ourselves. Y'all ready for this? Y'all can tell I'm so excited. You know, and Pastor Deborah on Wednesday night. I don't know if you had a chance to chance to listen to that. If you haven't, I suggest you should. Um, But she was talking about fighting. I was thinking about fighting. We about to fight. That's all I can say. Grab hands with your person next to you. All across the aisles, I'll pray and get started. Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here with you. We thank you for this all this day in which you have framed and which you have made for our benefit. Lord God, we just thank you that there are blessings in this day because you are in this day. We just thank you, Lord God, that healing's in this day because you are in this day. Provision's in this day because you are in this day. Peace is in this day because you are in this day. Wholeness is in this day because you are in this day. Health, healing is in this day because you are in this day. Nothing is lacking today because you have made this day and you've placed us in it. And if you don't leave your people shorthanded, you don't leave the missing, lacking, or broken, but you place your people in whole situations, fill them with the God who has every answer to every need they may have. We don't lack for any good or beneficial thing because we are loved by you. And it's a free love. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to strive for it. All we have to do is receive it by faith because your son died so that we may live. Today's a day of living. Today's a day of rejoicing. Because he rose, we have peace. Because he rose, we have confidence that every word that you speak over our lives has the ability to transform not only us, but everybody we touch. Oh, we will begin to transform the lives of people and who have company with us. And in Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Amen. Well, hug the person next to them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're glad to see them. We're not going to be here long, but we're going to be here effective. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> Look at y'all never say this, this is going, going to, be to be a problem. And if we're honest with ourselves, most often when God gives us something that's so large, you know, I don't know about you, but God has shared some things with me before. And the first thought in my mind wasn't hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him in advance. Thank you, Father. You're using me. I am your vessel. You've given me a vision to change lives. No, most often God shares something with me and my first human response is this is going to be a problem. Have any of you guys ever heard something from God? God told you he was going to do something with your life, gave you purpose and identity. And the moment you heard it, you immediately realize, uh-oh, this has the potential to cause some problems. And let me tell you something about our God and, and who he is. He likes to shake things up. He likes to shake things up in ways that shake it from every angle. He's like, God don't like a good shake up. He likes it like just shredded. You know what I'm saying? When God wants to do something, he wants to slice it and dice it until there's no way of recognizing what it was before. It's like God don't like little change. He likes radical, transformative change. He's like, not only am I going to speak a crazy word to you, but I'm ascending in a vessel that you're not even going to like. So that shakes you up, too. It's like, God, you could at least presented this situation on a golden platter. Like, God, no, no, no. I'm going to put your deliverance in the mud. So you have to get muddy to get it. And when you get out, you you might not even look clean. You might not even look like nothing. But you are something. Like, that's, I found out God loves to just mess with people's minds. He likes to, he likes to take people that shouldn't and, and do something with them that they shouldn't be doing. He likes to take people whose backgrounds don't reflect where they're supposed to be going. He likes to take people whose color don't match the atmosphere they're supposed to be in. He likes to take people who will take you and you'll know Spanish speaking self and put you in a Spanish country. So you have to learn Spanish and deliver people only by the power of the Holy Ghost because you couldn't even properly communicate. He will send you to a place where you are the lowest person, put a spotlight on you so people got to look down to find you. He's like... God is just like that. And it's like the, the, the sooner we realize that that's his way of doing things, you know, it just starts to remove some of the pressure. Amen. Because I can guarantee you, you know, and we're going to talk about Paul today. Because. I could imagine Paul, you know, radical conversion. I was once a killer of those who now I'm called to save. You see what I'm saying? This is just awkward. (laughs) I mean, of all the people that, you know, God could have said, hey, look, I want you to be the person who pioneers the new covenant of my people. Why in the world, God, would you pick Paul? 
I mean, this is the same guy whom which was persecuting these people. If there could it's like if you could have just had a list of non-qualifying people, I'm pretty sure Paul would have been somewhere near the top of the list of the person who's most not qualified to be the one who's carrying the new covenant to people of God's love and who Jesus is and redemption. It's just weird coming out of Paul's mouth, especially if you knew Paul beforehand and then you see Paul afterhand. This is Paul. Just give me a minute to catch up. But I could imagine when Paul heard or got converted or transformed, he knew what was spoken to him was too big to cave in on. You ever had that feeling where God gave you a vision, gave you a purpose, gave you an assignment, and it just was too big to cave in? I mean, just could you imagine Paul knowing that I am responsible for making sure people know this new covenant of who God is and what Jesus has done to let them and set them free forever. Could you imagine being the person that's responsible for carrying out the message of Jesus to people? It's not like it is today. You know, we have the Internet and, and with the Internet, you could post up a video. Maybe it go viral. You don't even have to see the faces of the people you were telling. Whatever it is you were saying, you could just I could just say something really controversial. Post it up on Facebook. Guess what? I don't have to face anybody face to face. That wasn't how it was. Paul didn't. Paul couldn't just shout something from the mountaintops and not be looking in the face of the person he's conflicting with. So it's like, OK, wait a minute. Not only is this something that's so large, it's, it's really too big for me not to do it. But it's also something that, man, the moment this comes out my mouth in front of people, they gonna want to kill me for what I'm saying. Like, this is not even something that's soft. This is not even something that's, that's comforting. Oh, it's comforting to those whom are lost and those whom are persecuted and those who were, who were shut down. But this ain't nice news for the people who were doing it. But this ain't like it is now in 2019 when they're going to send it to a jury of, of your peers to see what's going to happen with your fate. This is more in the times where if we don't like it, we're going to stone you. It's like it's like you talking trash when your parents got the belt in their hand. You know, you may you may talk a little smack when you know they got to go retrieve whatever they going to use against you. You know, I don't know about y'all. I never got this because I, I learned from my, pa- my mother brothers. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, look, there's time in between getting the switch and getting hit. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of stuff you can do in between getting the switch and getting hit. You can run. You can hide. So do what you can do. The switch tree is over there. And if they send you to go get it, don't come back too fast, dummy. Take your time. It ain't nothing like when one of your siblings jump in to make it fast. They're like, I need a switch. I'll go get it, mama. You, y'all, y'all, get your tail back over here. 
I'm going to go get my own switch like I was told to. This is not what's happening here. You know, this is not the world. We, we, we have to. I'm taking this time to put you in the world so you can see how Paul has to be seeing things like, OK, OK, you know, they may not give me a fair trial. They might not call in a few witnesses. If they feel like they don't like what's coming out my mouth, they might just kill me right there where I stand. But it's too big to cave in. It's too important for me not to carry it out. It's too valuable for me not to say something. It has too much impact for me to stay quiet about it. It has too much change connected to it for me not to risk it. I can say that. But somewhere... In between Paul and where we stand today, although the same power change is connected to the things God has called us to do, the purpose and people he's called us to, somewhere in between there, we we found like this, this option button that we like to push because it sounds too risky. It could be risky. I mean, I could lose something. I mean, I could, I could not be viewed as the same person that they all like me as today. I mean, if I say what he's spoken, <laughs> I know it was somewhere. I got it. Thank you, sir. If I say or do what he's placed in my heart to do, it might jeopardize something else that I value. Turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians 4, and I'm going to start here, verse 1. I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. Because truth is, an excuse is just an acceptable reason for failure. It doesn't really matter what reason is connected to not doing it. Because the fact of the matter is, you could probably have a list of legitimate reasons. I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul could have compiled a list of very well-documented reasons of why not only is this a dangerous thing to do, not only is this a controversial thing to carry out, but honestly, I'm not even the best person to carry it. Why would you even want to put this type of message in a vessel like me? I mean, they going to cast out your vision as soon as it comes out of my mouth, God. I mean, aren't they scared of who I am? Don't I have a reputation of being a certain way already? I mean, do you want your vision? Do you want your purpose? Do you want your assignment attached to my reputation? God, that sounds crazy. Let me tell you something. God don't care. 
Paul was like, God was like, you got to stand something, Paul. The vision I gave you, it's going to change your reputation. The word I placed in your heart, it's going to set a new reputation. What I've shown you, it's going to transform not only the hearers, but the doer, which is you. And Paul, I think it's time you had a new reputation. Are y'all ready for a new reputation? I mean, I don't care if you got a good one. Thank you. I don't care if you have a good reputation as it stands. Let me tell you, God is always moving us and progressing us. You know what I learned out, man? Y'all got me going off script already. Some of y'all probably like, weren't you already off script? No, I wasn't. (laughs) But many of the things that we invite into our lives to maintain where we are, God never spoke it. God's not a maintainer. He's a builder. From glory to glory, from faith to faith. He's, He's always taking where you are and raising you higher. It's, it's our own sense of wanting to secure ourselves that factors in plans of maintenance where God's factoring in plans for progression. Amen. Now I get back on script. Second Corinthians four says, since God has so generously, look what he's saying. Let us in on what he is doing. We're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. Verse three, reading in the Message Bible says, if our message is obscure to anyone, look what Paul says, it's not because we're holding it back in any way. No, it's because these other people, look what he's saying. It's because these other people are looking, are going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes for is the fashionable God of darkness. They think he can give them what they want and that what and that they have not to bother believing a truth they can't see. They're stone blind to day spring brightness of the message that signs with Christ, who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever get. So what are we seeing here from Paul and his message? First thing he did was he counted it as a blessing. He counted it as a blessing, although in the natural, it was literally something that could get him killed. God gave him an assignment, but he counted it as a blessing, although the literal carrying out of it could cause controversy and get him killed. He said, but this is a blessing. This is a blessing. 
It's almost like that, that, that first response we have, like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is what you said is going to scare somebody. Paul says, no, 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 no. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. He said it's a blessing. And Paul talks about because there's two types of people. There's people who is for and there's people who is not for. Paul says, hey, look, I understand that what God spoke to me is valid. However, I also understand that there are people who don't get it. But it's important that I realize this because when people don't get it, it's not because the message isn't good. It's not because the vision isn't right. It's not because the purpose isn't clear. There's some people it's just not for. Amen. Say it to this side of the room. Paul's saying, and this is Paul. Paul's carrying a message of salvation. He's carrying a message that is meant to deliver all people. However, he realizes that there are some people that are just simply going to reject it. There are some people that aren't going to accept the fact that there is a God who wants to save them because of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he's done. There's some people that's just not going to like that. What are you saying, Pastor Brian? We got to relieve some of this pressure. The vision, the purpose, your identity, realize something. There are some people that's not going to like it. There's some people that's not going to accept it. There's some people that's not going to see it. But you got to take on the mind and take on the viewpoint that Paul had that guess what? It's still true. It's still right. It still has purpose. It still has design. Although you can't see it for yourself, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have purpose. The most amazing thing about that is, is Paul said, because of that, I don't change it. I don't change it. Has God ever spoke something to you? And I'm raising your hand so you can raise your hand. I'm raising your hand because I'm raising your hand for myself. Has God ever spoken something to you that was so controversial, so just radical, so big? That because you knew some people weren't going to accept it, you decided to, you know, throw a little water on it so that they could take it in a little bit more easier. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to give it to you easy. Work it into you. You know, I'm going I'm to I'm doctor it up a little bit so that, um, so that it's acceptable. Paul's like, absolutely not. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say it how I heard it. I'm going to do it how I hear it. And I'm going to live it how he spoke it. And if you don't like it, that's okay. It might not be for you. But what I can't do is ever change the potency, the truth of what it is he spoke. Because the moment I start changing it, I lose the people whom it's for. Some of y'all just been standing in front of the wrong people. Everything God speaks to you isn't for everybody. And just because the somebodies you've been talking to are rejecting it doesn't mean that he didn't 
speak it. Realize something. If you speak what God said and then someone says that ain't God, you just say to yourself, it ain't for you. What you don't do, what you don't do is take that. Say, well, give me some pointers on how I can adjust it so it's something that fits more for you. Paul's like, absolutely not. What you do is pack your stuff up, close the meeting, and get to stop it. You got to understand something. Paul is carrying a message for all people. However, he realized that there are some people that just ain't ready for it yet. But what I can never do is get into the process of allowing them to change the absolute authentic truth of what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Some people get it. Some people won't. But none of that's going to change how it comes out my mouth. Jesus is Lord over all. Paul, what you mean? You mean, you mean even the stuff, even the stuff I did yesterday, he he's forgiven it for me. Yes, he has. Well, I just don't believe that true. He still has. He still has. Because the moment you start changing it to fit the who's, you lose you. Because the message wasn't only for Paul to change others, but for it to change him. Hey, man. They're not messing with you, messing with your vision. They are literally messing with what God is wanting to do with you. Don't y'all understand as we pursue vision, as we pursue purpose, he starts to work a new us, new us from the inside out. Oh, amen. We'll get to that. Because truth is, there are those who don't need who you are called to be. Just, I know. I know. I know. In the world of post it up on social media and get some likes, it's hard to believe that there's those who won't like who you are. I'm just waiting for Facebook to get a dislike button. You know what I'm saying? They have a like button, then they move to a love, a ha ha ha, a sad, and a cry face. When we gonna get a I don't like it button? You know what I'm saying? Many people will find out that the post they putting up, there's a lot more I don't likes than likes. They're like, oh, this post post got low likes. It also has high dislikes. You just don't see them right now. Man, I sometimes, can I be be, be honest with y'all? Just real quick. You know what I'm saying? I sometimes go back, look at some of my dad's messages, and they're on YouTube. YouTube happens to have a dislike button, too. And sometimes I see that dislike button, and I be wanting to find the person who hit it. I be wanting to turn my whole life into a mission to redeem all the dislike buttons. Who is you disliking the word of God? And we turn our whole lives into a system of responses. 
Now you know your mission is no longer your mission statement. It's just a response statement. You thought about all the things they were going to say against it, and you put that into the presentation. And in the middle of doing all that, you lost the core identity of what it was. Let me tell you something, baby. Some people going to like it, some people not. But bump it, because it ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. You ain't for everybody. Everybody ain't going to like you. Everybody ain't going to like you. Everybody ain't going to like what God has placed in your heart to do. Everybody ain't going to accept it. There's some people that's going to straight up reject it. But guess what? None of that is an excuse for quitting. That's what I'm getting to. They're like, Pastor Brian, sounds like you're teaching, teaching people to be radical. No, I'm teaching them not to quit. In a world that's fueled by people's approval, you got to understand our approval comes from one direction. And that's up. There's too much unfinished business because we thought it wasn't going to reach no lies because we were saying it to people that were too localized. God's like, I'm trying to reach the world with your life. You're trying to reach your community. And all of them think like you think. And that's why I had to change you. To get you to think different. I took you out so I could raise you up. I brought you back, not so that you could conform, but so that you could transform. And there's still going to be some people that don't like it. Because truth is, you should never compromise your vision to fit the desires of those that it hasn't been called to reach. I'll say it again. That's a long one. Truth is, you should never compromise your vision to fit the desires of those it hasn't been called to reach. We just have to stop trying to serve full people. There's some people that's just full. That's like, that's like me going to, to describe a, 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 a food clothing program to, 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 to the people walking around the mall right now. It's, many of them are going to be like, ain't they plenty of clothes? Why don't they just come down here and get some? <laughs> what? There's some people out there who don't have clothes. But in their mind, they just think the solution is tell them where the mall is at. <laughs> Clueless. <laughs> Y'all laughing at me, but this is real life. This is real life. There are people out there that simply think some people don't have clothes because they don't know where to get them from. It's sad, but it's true. I mean, well, if they would have got a job like I got a job and saved like I would have saved and they would have been able to make sure that they could get the clothes that they have. No one taught them how to save. Believe it or not, it's not a standardized program in your school. No one taught them how, how, how to do any of these things. Believe it, there's a culture. Jesus Christ, why am I over here? There is a culture of people who haven't been exposed to the basic needs that are necessary for survival. And because God has given you a vision to reach those people and some people are disqualifying it on the backs of the fact that they are privileged, doesn't mean that what God spoke to you isn't still necessary. Stop speaking to privileged people about unprivileged people's needs. 
Oh, Lord. My dad would say it like this. We haven't been called to pamper the privilege, but to save the lost. I just cleaned it up for some people. Same destination, different route. We haven't been called to pamper the privilege, but to save the lost. And there's too much unfinished business. You got to understand, I started from the beginning. I just want y'all to take a, just take a minute and imagine what, what Tampa would look like if every vision and word he spoke to his people never, ever stopped and never, ever died. What would this place look like? What would it look like if every word was taken to the finish line? But it's like the moment we get it, people spend time trying to unwind it for all types of reasons. But I'm just going to declare. Y'all can say it with me. No more unfinished business. Don't finish it. I don't care how small it may seem in someone else's eyes. God gave it to me to do. Go down to verse five. It says, remember, our message is not about ourselves. We are proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we are is messengers. Aaron runners from Jesus for you. It started because God said, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. He's saying it, all we are is messengers. All we are was carriers. God said he wanted to bring life to a place and then he illuminated something inside of us to do about what he said. All we are are messengers. All we are are carriers. All we are are presenters of a thing he placed inside of us to do. Yes, sir. And although it may seem insignificant, although it may seem minimal to you, he put this light in me. He put it inside of me. Since he put it inside of me, I can't let anything outside of me take it. Go to 2 Corinthians 4, the New King James Version. I'm just going, and uh, same thing, I'm just going to start reading New King James Version. Starting at verse 7. Why did, why, did, why, did, why did Paul lay that? Wait, watch what he's about to say. Watch what he's about to say. Because there's something so powerful when you, when you stop to take responsibility for what God placed in your heart. You, you do know every good idea you had that was fruitful or something. If you're a child of God, it came from him, right? Yeah. I know we taught the message, it's not mine anyway. 
everything that of good that comes from my life, it is he who gives me the power to do it. Oh, amen. Second Corinthians four, I'm starting at verse seven, New King James versions. It says, but we have this treasure. Why is Paul talking about just seeing himself as a messenger? Understanding Paul's background. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul's saying there's a connection to the fact that I'm just a messenger carrying something from God. Because there happens to be a correlation in between what God says and the vessel he puts it in. See, God puts things in vessels that reveal it only could be him that does it. Okay. God puts things in vessels that can only be revealed. It's him that's doing it when it happens. Paul's saying it's important that I see myself as a messenger because what's inside of me will always be greater than what I look like. Okay. Paul is saying it's important that I see myself in my mind. I am only a messenger. I am only a carrier of something because the moment you get a whiff of what comes out of me, you're going to start looking at me thinking I did it. But you got to realize something. It's always going to sound greater than what the vessel looks like, because when it happens, you need to know it was only him inside of me that could do this outside of me. OK, I'll, I'll say it again. Paul is saying it's important that I understand that I am just a messenger because God takes big things, puts them in small things and makes great things. He does this intentionally. He does this intentionally because he wants people to know because people love to judge the surface. So he wants them to see the surface and be like, wow, is that coming out of that? And he wants them to know the only way this can come from this is because it's a he inside of it. Okay. So Paul is letting them know the reason why I was who I was before and the reason why God's okay with this broken vessel carrying this great message is because the only way for this thing to be all about God is it had to come from something that maybe didn't look like him to start with. Okay. God was like, no, Paul, you are the most qualified because you look opposite of what I'm trying to do. Everything about you says this can't be you. I actually like I actually enjoy I actually take pleasure in between the distance between what you look like and what I said because see we put so much pressure on ourselves trying to become what he said but Paul is showing us something greater. See, we put pressure on ourselves to become what he said we are going to be because this world says you have to look like what you're doing. But God says, no, no. Stop trying to close the gap. I ask 
actually like it when there is a big difference between what you look like and what you're doing. I actually enjoy. I actually take pleasure in the fact that this broke vessel is doing a great thing for me because the only way a broken vessel can do something great is if it's me inside of it working. What are you saying, Pastor Brian? Are you saying that I, I shouldn't grow? Are you saying that I shouldn't achieve? I said, no, you should always grow. You should always be growing in God. What I'm saying is recognize and never, ever be disappointed again when there's a difference in between who you are and what he's saying because he enjoys the gap. He wants there to be a difference in between what you look like and what you are doing. He don't want you to feel pressure to become what he said. He wants what he said to put pressure on them to believe it could come from you. Not the other way around. Because how could a person who was persecuting us yesterday be bringing life to us today? I mean, he was a murderer. But now he's a healer. I mean, he was a condemner, but now he's setting us free. Who are you talking? I'm talking about Paul. Paul's saying, and I didn't try to close that gap. God wanted there to be a gap. And many of us have quit on what God has said because this world told us that the gap was too big told us that there's too much in between who you are and what he said. It can't be you he's calling. And I come here today to say God loves the gap. God will always keep a gap. God doesn't ever want you to look like you could have did it without him. Because truth is, the calling will always outshine the vessel. And that's why Paul said, I'm just a messenger. I, I say this to keep my mind right. Because if I ever think that I am responsible for the message, then I'll start to think I have to live up to something. That God doesn't want me living under that type of pressure. He wants to fill the gap. He wants who he is to fill the gap. He wants there to be, I, what's another way to say? I want to say it every way I can. Every time I come up here, I feel nervous. Because I realize, Brian, you will fall on your face if you try to do this without him. So every time I feel nervous, because I know that if he don't show up, y'all might get a whiff of the real me. And if y'all get a riff of the real me, you might not like me. So I get a little nervous simply because if he don't show up with me, it ain't going to be nothing to hear. It ain't going to be nothing to, to, to see. 
But some people think that because I'm nervous, I'm not ready. No, no, no. Because you're nervous, you know. Because, because I, I, feel, I feel like it's too much, it's, it's, it means I'm not right. No, no, no. Because you feel like it's too much, you know it only could be him. He wants to fill the gap every time. 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 There's not a time I step up here. I don't get nervous. Matter of fact, the day I'm not nervous, there's a problem. The day you're not nervous, there's a problem. The day you don't feel like Something has to happen that I can't control for this to take place. That's a bad day. But it's a good day. Every time you realize if you don't meet me there, I'll fall on my face. But why are you saying this, Pastor Brian? Because we have too much unfinished business. Because we're nervous. Because we don't feel like we look like what they are expecting. Because we feel as though our vessel isn't a good enough vessel. Don't be nervous. Get excited. Get excited. And we've left so much on the table. We walked away from so much simply because it was too much pressure. And God's saying, I don't ever want you to be crushed by your vision. I want you to crush your vision. Then look what Paul says, verse 8. <laughs> and I know this is where you guys have all heard these sections of scriptures before. But look what was leading up to it. Look at all he said before he got to this moment. Look at what all he said. Do y'all see all Paul has said before he got to this these, these section of scriptures that we quote all the time? Paul Paul laid out so many whys before he got to this. He said, so we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We struck down, but we not destroyed. 
always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have this same spirit of faith, according to what is written, look where he starts saying that same, that same. I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sake. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. What is Paul saying? In plain words. I view this thing differently. I view this thing differently. Even if I am pressed, even if I am pushed, even if I am perplexed, even if I can understand, I picked up a different way of viewing the pressure. I picked up a different way of viewing the pressure. Even when I'm struck down, I I, I picked up a different way of looking at being struck down. Even, Even if I find myself In bad situations, I picked up a different way of looking at this. He said, I had to realize that if I share in what he went through, I share in what he got raised to. I I literally view situations You ever been in a situation? We are. We do have emotions. And so we do feel an emotion of hurt. We do feel an emotion of pain. Paul said, but when I find myself in that moment, I see myself sharing in what Christ had to go through for me. I see that as a moment of connection between me and my Savior. I see what this world may do and the things that happen in it as a sharing and an experience with my Savior, who also had to go through many things so that he could be raised to one great thing. And I know what I'm saying, it's a hard one to swallow. But the day you do, the relationship between your Savior and you gets knitted stronger and stronger. Paul said, I see my life as a life lived in Christ. And if my savior had to deal with some things, maybe I have to deal with some things. But even in the dealing of the things 
that we had to share together, we also share in one great thing, a resurrection of all that he's called us to. So even though sometimes it hurt, sometimes he hurt. The Bible tells us that there's nothing that we experience that Christ himself has not experienced for our sake. And I'm presenting something to you today. What am I presenting to you? I'm presenting to you to the fact that, yes, sometimes when God speaks something to you, it comes with opposition. But what I'm presenting to you is not to have an opposition or not to have a position of wearing it as a weight, but seeing it as a uniting of yourself and the one who died for you. Understanding that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't given up on you. He knows exactly where you are. He's lining up every situation, every circumstance for your benefit. And he says, and if you find yourself in a place where it just gets really tough, understand they nailed me to a cross. But the purpose behind me being nailed to this cross was too big for me to ever ask to come down. And many of you right now feel like your purpose, your identity, your calling has you nailed to a cross. God just wanted to tell you today, don't come down. Even if right now you have to see it as sharing and what he went through. Understand, there's nothing that anyone can give up for the sake of the gospel that God will not repay a hundred times in this lifetime. Because we've all been there before. No one's no one's able to miss or oversee that those times and those struggles where giving up seems like the best thing to do. But say it with me. No more, no more. Unfinished, unfinished business. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.